Tending to your roots is all about nourishing your inner seed to full bloom and beyond so that you may bear fruit and keep on bearing, sowing seeds of transformation in the hearts of others. Here you will find inspiration to stay in the beautiful yet sometimes messy work of growth and evolution. And I'll be right here with you along the way. Hey y'all, good morning, good morning, good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, or grand rising. <laughs> uh, whenever you're listening to this, thank y'all so much for tuning back into the Tend to Your Roots podcast. How y'all been? It has been a week. I feel like I'm about to say that every week because it's always just like, dang, time be, time be timing. Time be flying by. It's about to be March. What? How how did we how did we get here? Deborah Cox would say. I don't know, but yeah, here we are. Um, it has been such a fulfilling week for me. I really think I'm still just kind of reeling off that last episode with Shakela. There's so I've just been having so many thoughts since that conversation that I am just like energized from, or ener- yeah, energized from the heirloom seeds, the tulip bulb, and focusing on your own growth, focusing on at least one aspect of your growth and devoting all your attention into shooting up out the ground and birthing forth what is within you. Mm-mm-mm. Cultivating it in community, knowing that we're not planted alone in this garden, that we need each other, that we have to be careful about who we allow to grow up beside us and with us and and contribute to contribute to or hinder to our seeds growth just so many revelations i think it's powerful when we have revelations individually but it is something when we come together and bounce those things off of another person and share like the experiences we've been having the things that we've been learning and just see how Honestly, how God can speak to the collective, but also speak to us individually and things align when it when it's him that's in it, you know? So I'm just, I'm grateful for that conversation. Like I said, there will be a part two. We're cooking up some things and running some ideas by each other, but we definitely want to con- uh, continue that conversation because it was just too good to leave right there. So today I want to share with y'all a story. This story for the past, I don't know, like year or so has been so heavy on me. Like I read it often. I revisit it often. I study it often. And in this new era, I feel like of Tend to Your Roots, I've always been clear about what it was about, like what it meant to me. But this learning this story, studying this story, and allowing the revelation to come through about what this story really means has deepened, I guess, that meaning of Tend to Your Roots to me. So I want to share this story with you and kind of break it down and yeah, just share. Hope it gets you thinking. This story is called The Parable of the Sower. So there was a farmer and he went out to sow his seed. So he's scattering his seed, and as he was scattering it, some of it fell along like a footpath, where it's like a beaten up path that a lot of people walk on. So he tossed the seed out, and as it hit the ground, the birds came and just ate it right up. 
some of that seed he was sowing fell on some rocky places and there just wasn't a lot of soil there because of all the rocks. So that seed sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants got scorched out and they withered because they didn't have anywhere to root. Like the soil wasn't deep enough for, for the plants to root. Other seed that he scattered fell among a thorny ground and they grew up together, the seed and the thorns, and they choked out the plants. <laughs> then there was other seed that fell on good fertile soil and it produced a crop. And the crop was 30 to 60 to 100 times what was initially sown. So that story, again, is called the parable of the sower, and it actually comes from the Bible. You can find this story to like read it for yourself in Matthew 13, verses 1 through 23. You can find it in Mark 4, verses 1 through 20, or Luke 8, uh, verses 1 through 15. I like the one in Matthew. It's the same story. There's just like little nuances in the speech. In this story... Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's spoken parables a lot. So this was, I won't say one of the, I don't know if it was one of the first parables that he spoke, but he was telling his disciples this story, this parable. And so the disciples came and asked him after he told this story, like, why do you speak to people in parables? And he goes on to talk about, you know, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So Whoever is discerning that I'm not just talking about soil and seeds, like let them lean in closer and see what I'm trying to say by what I'm saying. So further down in the chapter, he gives them the actual meaning of the parable of the sower and what each element in there represents. So the sower is God. God sows the seed generously. The seed is his word, the gospel. The ground would be us his people. And the soil, the different types of soil in this story represent the condition of our hearts. So that's the main focus in this story, the soil. The soil is your heart. So as you listen to the meaning that he offers, that Jesus offers in the parable of the sower, think about the different conditions of the heart. We'll kind of break that down as we go through each path, right? or each type of soil. So the first soil that the sower sowed seeds on, <laughs> the first soil that he sowed on was the footpath. That wayside path is what it's called in some other books where this parable also is. If you think about a footpath, have you ever been walking like in a park or something like that? And you see like a little cut through start to form I think people call those like desire paths. It's the path that most people would generally choose to take. So wherever there was grass, because people tread on it all the time, the grass withers away and the soil underneath gets really, really hardened because people are constantly walking on it. So if you think about that, if you were to sow seed on that ground, it doesn't have anywhere to go. It's hardened. So it would require you to like break up the soil for the seed to actually penetrate. And if the seed can't penetrate the soil, it can't grow. Like, how does how is it going to grow? So what happens to that word, what happens to that message is that the birds come and eat it up. If there's anywhere in your heart that is wayside or on the footpath, that means that there's a part of your heart that's hardened to receiving the word of God. 
He's trying to offer you something, offer you a way out, offer you encouragement, offer you his love, but your heart is hardened and you can't receive it. So his seed doesn't have anywhere to root within you because it can't even penetrate this hardened soil of your heart. So what happens? The enemy comes and plucks it up. Circumstances come and pluck it up before it even has a chance to take root. It's almost like you speaking to someone and how little kids put their fingers in their ears and they go la 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 la, basically like that. That's what the seeds on the path represent. Next path was rocky path. There wasn't a whole lot of soil there, if you remember. And the seed shot up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. If you've ever done like seed starters in your house in like the late winter or very early spring, you put those little seedlings in there in those tiny little... um, They're not even pots. They're like, you could do them in like an egg carton. So that lets you know how what little amount of soil you need to actually germinate a seed or for it to begin to sprout. Them things will shoot up like nobody's business. Like in days, you'll see little green shoots starting to pop up out of the soil. They really don't need a whole lot of soil to start growing. But that life is short-lived. It's just the soil is not deep enough to sustain the growth that was intended for that seed, if that makes sense. So the roots aren't deep enough to get water. The sun comes and scorches out the plant. The rocks are also taken in that heat that helps to wither out the plant as well. So ruining what little growth started. So Jesus says again later on in this chapter that the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, there's no depth to them. They last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So circumstances come and the one thing you receive with joy, you were growing, you were ready, you were energized. One thing happens and it just takes away all that good that you just experienced. The sun comes and scorches, you can't withstand, and you wither away. We have to really, really cultivate joy in our lives in a way where it's not fleeting. We have to live by a standard of joy that's not measured upon our circumstances because they're going to come. They're going to come. We have to be able to endure and withstand even in the midst of hard times and trials. It's necessary. And to be able to do that, we have to have our aim and our focus on something that is not fleeting and someone who is not fleeting, and that's God. He's consistent. He's faithful. If we keep our eyes on our circumstances, our feelings are going to constantly change. From day to day, you could be in 25 different feeling states or emotion states if you're concerned and focused on your feelings and your circumstances. If you can shift that focus elsewhere, and I don't by any means feel like this is an easy thing to do because we live in a world where it's just so easy to focus on yourself and everything that you're going through and everything that you're feeling. But focusing on what you know, something and someone who is consistent will really begin to shift the way you see everything. And you're able to maintain a semblance of joy because of what you're focused on. So that's that thin kind of topsoil that wasn't deeply rooted enough. The next soil we have is the seeds and the thorns. So this one is where the seed fell among the thorns, but the thorns grew up and choked out the plants. This one's really interesting to me. I didn't 
it took me a while to like get this one, like what it means. Farmer goes to sow seed and the notice he didn't like weed them first. He didn't till the soil. He didn't pull out any weeds or anything that was there. He just went ahead and scattered the word, right? Plants begin to shoot up, but what's happening is the, as the good seeds take root, the thorns are growing up as well. Weeds will grow anywhere. They don't care. They're going to leach off the nourishment that the good seed actually needs to grow. They're going to take everything from that seed, from that good seed. So the thorns are going to shoot up just as strong and just as high and just as quick as the, the plant from the good seed. If you don't weed out your thorns that are growing up right alongside your good seed, eventually the thorns are going to take over and choke out the good seed. So this soil represents people that may look good. They may look like they have something good growing, but they have some hidden thorns in their lives that they're just not tending to. And I know that that's hard to hear because even as I'm saying it, I'm like, well, dang, you can't have good without, like, we know we we can have good and not so good grows up right alongside it. I think that's just kind of a thing of life. But if we're not tending to our garden, we can, that thing can be overrun with weeds, overrun with thorns. And as hard as they are to to pull out, as hard as things can be to address, it's so necessary if you actually want your good seed to be able to grow. You don't want anything impeding on the growth of the goodness inside of you. Later on in the chapter, Jesus, when he speaks about this thorny soil, he says it refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. This good seed can never reach its full potential, basically, because it's getting choked out with all of the bad that's unaddressed right alongside it. Again, you notice that the farmer did not pull any of this out at the beginning. Sometimes we're born, a lot of times we're born into circumstances with limits um, in certain environments that are literally detrimental to what he placed inside of us. The good news is that he can use it all and he will use it all like for his glory. You don't have to worry about that. But our responsibility is to tend to what we have. We just can't neglect. <laughs> we cannot neglect our gardens, man. We cannot neglect what's growing here. This, the seeds and the thorns, this is tend to your roots. You ever have a backyard and you like, I'm just going to close the blinds because the, the grass is growing. It's a lot of stuff growing back there and I don't want to address it. Yes, I know what that's like. <laughs> you just pretend like it's not there, but it is. And there will come a time where you have no choice but to step out and clean up what you have been neglecting. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. It is far better to just volunteer to do the hard things before it gets too bad or too late or too unmanageable because in those times it's overwhelming you don't know where to I don't even know where to begin you better start catching them thorns when they little when you see them pop up oop let me go in and take this because you're already impeding on the growth of of, of what's good here why grow the mess up alongside the good stuff why would you even want to 
allow it to overpower it just a little bit. Who wants that in their garden? Address the issue. Come on now. Like we can't act like nothing is happening. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Sometimes it is easy to ignore those things because it's like you have so much to focus on. But again, there comes a time where we have to just be like, okay, enough is enough. Let me at least tackle one thing. Let me address one area. Let me address one issue. Let me address one hindrance. It can change everything. Because once you, I don't want to say once you fix that, but once you're on the path to making it a routine to check in, to have awareness, to to even open them blinds and look at really what's sitting there, you're moving towards addressing it. You're moving towards healing it and fixing it. Tending to your roots is, is so crucial to making something out of this life that we're living. You can certainly go through unaware, sure. But if you want to make anything out of this one life that we have to live, Tending to your roots is vital. Having awareness is vital. Asking for help is vital. Addressing your issues is vital. Cultivating your soil is vital. There is a Bible verse that says, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. I know we always talk about like the battlefield of the mind. The mind is the issue, but like the heart, everything flows from the heart. And the heart is the soil the evidence of what is in your heart will be shown in your life. You will see it. When you're starting to see a bunch of things that you don't want, tend to your roots, baby. Look within because I guarantee you can trace it all back to issues of the heart. It's not easy work, but it is the work that we're called to do. This is the least that we can do. It's not run through this only life that we have unaware unaware, unbothered, because the gag is you're not unbothered. Definitely not. You're definitely affected by everything that's growing within you. We have to address it. I'm gonna get off my soapbox on that because I feel myself get in. <laughs> I feel myself getting a little too hot. And lastly, in the parable of the sower, Jesus talks about sowing seed on good soil. And this seed here produced a crop 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. He says in verse 23 that the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding, again, 30, 60 to 100 times what was sown. When the soil of your heart has been tended to, cultivated, nourished, when the environment is right, when your companion plants around it are helping to contribute to the growth of your plant, that soil is fertile. And fertile soil produces good fruit and abundant crop. And when I say abundant, it's not just fruit that will feed you. It's fruit that will, again, go on and bear seed that feeds others and produces fruit in other people's lives, feeding them and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. That's back to Tend to Your Roots' whole mission statement, to bear fruit and keep on bearing, sowing seeds of transformation in the hearts of others. It's not just about us. Good soil produces good fruit, and good fruit does not just benefit us. It benefits everyone in our lives. And that is what abundance is about. It's not just for us. What are some elements of good soil? The roots go down deep. The soil is nourished. 
the meaning that you can sustain the hardships of life when the storms come through, when the winds blow, when the sun is beating down on your garden, that your growing can withstand because of how you've cultivated your soil, because of how you guard your heart, because of how you tend to your garden, because of how you tend to the soil of your heart. No thorns can choke out your life because you're tending to it. You're picking them out. You're weeding it out. There's no rocks there uh, impeding on the growth of your plant. Your soil has already been tilled and the seed is able to penetrate in the beginning. So there's no wayside. You are constantly in this soil, checking on the conditions to make sure that what you're growing there actually has everything it needs to grow into what it was intended to be. God intended it to be. And that's what it means to have fertile soil. So I hope y'all enjoyed this parable. I hope that this has inspired you to go and read it for yourself. Again, you can find this parable in Matthew 13. You can find it in Luke 8 and in Mark 4, right in the beginning of the chapter. Um, You can find the parable and the meaning that Jesus gives in each of those gospels. I really wanted to share this today I've been wanting to share it for a while, but it's always going to (laughs) be my intention to encourage you to tend to your roots. But I know that that can sound vague. So this parable completely breaks it down. It shows the consequences of what a condition of our soil can do for the word, all the goodness that God is trying to shower on us, all the goodness that he's placed inside of us that he wants to grow, but how things in our lives can impede and hinder that growth, especially when we're unaware of it, not willing to tend to it, don't have the capacity to tend to it, don't know how to tend to it, feel like it's too hard to. I'm going to be so honest with you. You can really try to do this on your own. You could try. But the truth is, and I say this from experience, we were never meant to like self-help. That's a fallacy. (laughs) Yeah, we do need to help ourselves, but this is not work that we can do in our own strength with our own knowledge and wisdom. It's just not. We didn't put these hearts in ourselves. We didn't put these longings in ourselves. We didn't make ourselves. We didn't create our qualities. Some of us don't even really know who we are and what is in us. This work requires God. And I'm not just talking about any lowercase g, God. I'm talking about the big God, okay? Uppercase G. Better yet, to make it even more specific, I'm talking about the God that you find through Jesus Christ period. (laughs) I promise you, I have tried to do this work in like a psychological sense. I have tried to do this work with self-help books, the most popular ones, the ones that you see on everybody's top 10 list. I have tried it. I have tried to do this work through meditation. I have tried to do this work through chakras. I have tried to do this work through astrology. I have tried to do this work with yoga. I have tried to do this work in therapy, and therapy is fantastic. Do not get me wrong. It's been very helpful into bringing things in my awareness. But I have not experienced true and lasting transformation in my life until 
I allowed God to help me to do this work, period, point blank. I do really want to share like my testimony up until this point, especially the change that I've made and God has made in me over the past, like since 2022, boy, it's been a very, very big change, a very, very big change. Um, and I do, I do definitely want to share that when the time is right, but I promise you something that I've learned is that we're like a puzzle. Okay. And the pieces of our puzzle represent like our qualities or experiences and circumstances, purpose, all of these things. And, you know, when you start to do a puzzle, some people separate them by like color or by shape, or sometimes they do the edges first or whatever the case, maybe like by some of the designs that are on the puzzle pieces and your life is putting those puzzle pieces together. You get to a point where you're like, okay, I feel like I've reached a point where like this should be done, but like there's this gaping hole here. <laughs> and imagine like one giant piece. It's just missing. It's just missing. You try to like use other pieces to fit into that into that shape or into that space and try to make them work, but it's uncomfortable. You realize that like, dang, that, nah, that don't fit. That's not going to work there. You put something else in that place. You're like, mm, this works for a little bit, but like it's uncomfortable. You put another thing in this place and you're like immediately no. That longing, that space can only be filled by the one, capital O-N-E, who made that puzzle in the first place. The manufacturer. The manufacturer is God. God never intended for us to do this thing without him. He never intended for us to be separated from him or have to go to find him. But the further we got away from the garden, the more things got in our way that tempted us to fill those longings with everything but him. And that's just the truth of it. He desires to fulfill those longings for us. He desires to fill those spaces that we feel empty he desires to help us to tend to our roots because in tending to our roots, we find our purpose. We find joy, lasting joy that can withstand hard circumstances because trials come. Nobody is exempt from hard stuff. Life is hard, but we are able to withstand when we grow our roots down deep in him when we acknowledge him as our source, when we allow him to help us to tend to the garden that he put inside of us in the first place, we cannot do this work on our own, period. So if you are trying, stop, <laughs> stop, because you cannot, you cannot sustain what he placed inside of you without him. You just can't. So I have a, a little dare. <laughs> if you are a believer that may be like, mm, yeah, I believe in God, but fill in the blank. Or if you are not a believer, I'm, I, if you're not a believer, I'm impressed that you have stayed and listened to this entire podcast. Thank you. But I, I dare you, if you have tried any of this in your own strength, I dare you to ask God 
to show you who he is, I dare you to ask Jesus to show you who he is. Show me who you are. If you feel an emptiness, if you've tried time and time again to fill that empty space or those empty spaces with things that don't satisfy, that don't last, ask Jesus to show you how. How can you fill this space? I don't make a lot of promises. Um, and I definitely don't make bets. Like, I, that's not my thing. But I am willing to bet if you have an ounce of sincerity when you ask this, God will answer you. And he will show himself to you. And he will show you how he desires to fill that longing within you in your own unique way. Because everybody's shape is, is different, yet he can fill that space perfectly for each and every one of us. And he does. And he does. I don't say this because of religion. I don't say this because this is my parents' faith. I don't, I don't say this in a casual way at all. I say this from experience, okay? This has been my experience, and I'm seeing it over and over and over again. This life is hard, okay? And it, and it only seems to be getting harder. It only seems to be getting more difficult. We only seem to be getting farther and farther away from God or who he really is, right? Because there's a lot of ideas of who God is nowadays that just aren't <laughs> what it really is. But that's another story for another day. But we need him. If there's anything good within us, if there's any good purpose in us, if there's any good qualities in us, we need the one who placed that within us to help us to grow it to help it to mature, to help it to bear fruit. Not just any fruit, but good fruit. Because the quality of your soil determines your whether you'll produce fruit and will also determine the state of the fruit that's produced. Some people out here, and I've been one of those people before, appear to be bearing a ton of fruit, an abundance of fruit. But some of it is rotten. Some of it is rotten to the core, but it may look beautiful from the outside, but it's not feeding anybody. If it's feeding them, it's making them sick and worse. It's not sowing seeds of transformation in the hearts of others. It's sowing more bad seed in the hearts of others, causing them to bear bad fruit. It's polluting the garden. We have to be so careful. We have to be so, so careful with what we've been given. We've each been given something to cultivate that is uniquely ours. And we have to honor our gifts, honor our unique qualities, honor this journey that we're on. But most importantly, we have to honor the God who gave all of that to us in the first place. And I'ma I'm stop. <laughs> I'ma stop. This is so not intended to sound preachy, but I'm telling you what I have come to know and what I have experienced and continue to experience. Like I'm having this experience again in a, in a totally different way. I've come back around to it with a new understanding and more passion. Like I feel it in my belly. You know what I mean? Tenancy Arusa is vital. It's not a cute tagline for me. 
It is not um, just something I want to put on a t-shirt. It's not just books I want to write and art I want to put out. It is something that I'm living by and I encourage all of us to live out in our lives because this is what it's all about. This is what we were placed here to do, part of what we're placed here to do, tend to what he's put inside of us. So with that, I'm outie. I need rest. I encourage y'all to get some rest, to journal this weekend, love on your families, love on your people, take some time for yourself, get out in nature, try something new, do something creative, do something fun. For the reflective prompt this week, I'm actually going to use the same one that I gave Shakayla last week and feel free to do your own reflection, right? To fill in the blanks yourself. So, dear God, illuminate the path to righteousness. Grant me the courage to confront the condition of my heart. Bless me with clarity as I explore your purpose for me. Strengthen my connection to you. Empower me to cultivate joy in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.